Blog Talk Radio. The secret to everything. You are about to hear secrets. Secrets about life. Love. Hidden mysteries, spirituality, frequencies, energy healing, science, alternative health, money and abundance, and much, much more. Secrets that most others don't know, but are now here being revealed to you. Listen carefully and be open to learning the secret to everything. The views expressed on the secret to everything are not necessarily those of the host, co-host, or our guests. All medical information discussed is for informational purposes only and not intended to diagnose or prescribe for any disease or condition. Please contact your medical doctor or qualified health practitioner if you have any further questions. By listening to this show, you have agreed to the terms and conditions outlined at drkimberlymcgeorge.com. And as always, we thank you for listening to the show. All right. So good Tuesday evening to all of you wonderful and beautiful people across the globe. I am Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and with me on the phone, I hope, is the amazing and equally lovely Ms. Karen Foley. Good evening, Karen. Good morning, Dr. Kimberly. It's actually evening, but I feel like it's morning, so I'm saying good morning. (laughs) Maybe that's the influence of our guest energy, Uh, I just talked to her for literally like two seconds, and I was like, whoa, I'll take another power hit of that. She's amazing. What a beautiful being and soul and energy, and I'm so excited to introduce to you guys to her. But um, just a little pitter-patter before we begin, and I think we're going to go all over the place a bit, but I'm really excited to talk um, to Reverend Corby, who is our guest. She does an amazing job, and Karen and I were reading over a lot of her stuff, but really tying in um, a lot of really practical advice with why you should do it, like why you should actually think about it, why it matters to you and your energy and your spirituality and um, some rather profound things, don't you think, Karen? Oh, yes. I'm so excited to hear what she has to say because so far what I've seen of her work, uh, you know, I'm like right with her. I'm like right on, sister. That's exactly, you know, what I'm geared for and headed for you know for the rest of my lifetime that's for sure yeah absolutely amazing i know she's um she was telling me she's done like four thousand some radio shows so i told her i'm hanging up and letting letting her take it because she's certainly super can you imagine or no i think she said six thousand and i said i've done about four thousand but she said no she said she's done so six thousand so and i said well you've got me beat by about two thousand so um you lose track after a while, but she's been doing this a long, long time, and it's so nice to meet someone so authentic and so genuine and, um, you know, talented and definitely so grounded. I felt that immediately in her energy. 
speaking of grounded, and maybe we'll bounce this off um, Reverend Corby and see what her thoughts about it are, but oh my goodness gracious, Karen, what a roller coaster ride. I have got to say, out of every month of this year, or actually the past couple of years, for me this week as we get closer to the eclipse has been such a roller coaster ride. It's been like really weird. Like I've been getting random texts, like every day a random check arrives from the weirdest places, like my satellite radio refund. I'm like, I didn't even know I was getting a refund and like just weirdness. And, um, which is really cool. And then like the uh, opposite happens, you know, as you know, a huge, huge, huge tree fell into my yard. It almost hit my daughter, my dog, me and my house. And it's like, I just want to be like, ah, just, just some peace. You know, forget the good stuff, forget the bad stuff, get some peace. But I'm not sure we're going to have peace, you know, until the beginning of September, I think it's going to be. Um, although I believe it's created chaos, you know, what's going on. So it's not real chaos. If you guys tap the energy, you really need, and I say this all the time, don't I, Karen? You really need to get really comfortable, um, which is kind of what psychics do with, with the frequency of truth. And, and a lie and what's real and what falls out is false. And, you know, you just got to get really comfortable with that. And then you can tap it. You can throw it against the CNN story. You can throw it against social media things. You can be like, you know what, that's not even true at all. You know, it's a fake news story or that is true or that's exaggerated or that's undertold. And um, really important to get really good reading, you know, and we'll be talking about this tonight in a lot of ways. But I get really good with reading energy and frequencies. And, you know, I guess I have to say, Karen, that's actually what psychics do. All we do is we read energy, you know, and we tune into different frequencies. And we tune into the timelines and we tune into the people so you guys can learn to do that, too. Nothing super special about us. We're just a little more developed, maybe, in that area. But I want you to share really quick, Karen, if you don't mind, I'm kind of putting you on the spot. You're familiar with Reverend Corby. How are you familiar with her? Well, um, several years ago, I read a book by Robert Schwartz, and it was about, um, and this was my first experience with past life regressions. And, um, you know, I had never really, you know, gone that route or, you know, read about it. So um, I read his book, and there happened he happened to be speaking um, nearby. So I actually went to one of his his uh, um, you know talks, and Reverend Corby she contributed to his books about past life regression. So I'm excited to get to talk to her. So, what was your? And I'm going to ask you your energetic impression of her through that book? Oh, I thought it was really interesting to um, read the thread of different stories of how people's experiences, um, you know, some things were not very fun. Um, Some were downright horrific, but um, they could always find the reason, the, um, the benefit of going through that experience, you know, myself, um, I have found things that, you know, I really wasn't excited to go through. But, you know, as I look back, it's like, well, I wouldn't be who I am without those experiences. So I embrace everything and think everything, you know, I'm very optimistic. So it's easy for me to find the good in, in something that I really don't like at the moment. Um, so that's what I really found um, really 
um, you know, profound in, in those books was that how they could weave the story and show how it was actually a good thing that happened. Very interesting. Well, without further ado, I, I love to let our guests introduce themselves. Of course, I could read all the stuff that she tells us on her website, but I always want to know, like, how our guests got to where they are right now. So welcome to the show, Reverend Corby. Thank you so much for being on The Secret to Everything. It's a pleasure. I, there's one thing I want to correct first. I have no idea how many shows I've been on, but I've been doing this stuff since 2000. And so radio is one of my absolute favorites. And when someone says, you want to come and talk, it's a no-brainer. So anyway, but I'm delighted to be with the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's so funny you say that because I actually started out when I was like 20 in radio in Chicago. And I thought, I'm telling you, Reverend Corby and Karen, I thought everyone was so dumb to pay me to talk. I'm like, I'll just keep talking, <laughs> and you guys keep paying. And, and, you know, years later, we're still doing this, right? So mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. But um, you've got such a powerful, grounded presence. So I don't know your story, which is kind of fun, because we get to discover you along with our audience. Um, how, I mean, did you know right away? Were you born awake? When did you know you had abilities? And then kind of walk us briefly through how did you get to where you are now? And we'll dive into our topic. That's called the 30-second elevator speech, which I can do. There you go. When I was nine, I read a book called The Witch Family by Eleanor Estes. And instead of thinking, ooh, that's scary, or ha, 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 I thought, and your point is, I knew there was magic in the world and I wanted to find it. Fast forward to 1973 when I was a senior in high school. Yes, everyone out there, do your math. That was the year <laughs> Live and Let Die came out. And I was working at Spencer Gifts, and they had the James Bond 007 tarot deck, and I bought it. I mean, in 1973, we were all hippies. You had to have your deck. You had to have your pair of elephant bells. (laughs) Well, about four years later, everybody else went to roller disco, but I stuck with the cards. And for 20 years, really worked at making myself, as John Holland says, the tube, that the information would come through so I would be good and clear. All of a sudden, in 1994, I could do hands-on healing and talk to dead people with no training. That's when God said, hello, you're working for me, handed me the draft notice. So I did that part-time while I did lots of other things. I've been an actress, an author, an inspirational speaker, a legal assistant, a video producer, an executive recruiter. And 9-11, my husband and I were watching the towers burn, and I looked at him, and I said, I need to do this work full-time. People need to know there's another answer out there. He looked at me and said, I believe in you, go do it. So for a year, I did the psychic work evenings and weekends to make sure that I was good enough to make a living at it. And a year later, you know, basically said goodbye to corporate life and never looked back. I think that's one of the best elevator speeches I've ever heard. That was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Funny, too. That's awesome. You brought up a couple of things for me. I don't know if you have anything you want to say before we dive into some of our topics, Karen, but... Um, gosh, I don't even know where to start. It's so funny because your energy just like kind of throws me out of my body and I just want to like be, which is really cool. Um, okay. So let me ask you a question that everybody asks. So what do you say when people ask, say to you, well, you know, you're a healer and you're a psychic, you should be free. Like you're taking it. Do you ever get that? You're taking advantage of people by charging them. What do you say? Because you're super professional and you're super experienced. And as you said, I love you know, basically that you said, you know, you gave yourself over to be this tube and, and, you know, God's like, come on, you know, it's time, let's go full time. 
you know, I just love all that. That's absolutely really resonates with me in a lot of pieces of my story. But what do you say when people are like, because I get this all the time, you're not genuine because you charge money. What do you, I, I'd like to oh, know the answer to that. I've, help me. Uh, I've written articles on that. And would you look at my brother who is, a world-famous physician in cystic fibrosis and asthma, and say, well, how come you're not going to cure me for real and for free? If you don't want to cure me, you really mm. want me to die, don't you? It's the same mm. thing. Um, this is a gift the way a talented chef is a gift, the way my brother's wonderful bedside manner and incisive understanding of cystic fibrosis is a gift. Yes, anybody can do what we can do, we're wired the same way, like the same development house, but it's the circuit breaker. You and I and all the other good intuitives have spent our life making sure that the circuit breaker can go down, turn off, so that the power and the information can flow. We've taken courses. We work. For one thing, I work six days a week, 16 hours a day. When I work <laughs> at a show, there's one. I believe you're in Canada, correct? No, I'm in, in, um, I'm in North Carolina, and Sharon's uh, in Ohio. Okay. Um, there's a show I do in Kitchener, Ontario, four days in September. Wow. In four days, I read 70 people and do two lectures. I love doing it. I get a reader's high. But, guys, at the end of the day, you put me in a body bag and you wheel me back to the Airbnb. I'm beat. It costs me money wow. to be at the show. It costs me money, you know, to go away, to stay away from my husband. And I am one-pointed focused on every single person. And the minute one gets up, the next one sits down, and I have to drop my focus and be right focused with them. It is energy. It is years of experience. It is keeping mm -hmm. ourselves open compassionately. And you bet your booties you pay us, because if you don't, I'd still be an executive recruiter for engineering and manufacturing because I would need to make money, and you'd miss the opportunity to work with me. It's that simple. I think that's the most beautifully said, and that was just perfectly said. I'm not even going to say anything else about that. It's so funny because as you were talking, uh, God kind of said to me as you were talking about the whole energy thing and how you, you know, have to shut yourself off and be right on to the next person, and, and you're exhausted at the end, and you give everything you have. And, and God spoke to me, and he said, she came here to serve, of course. You know, so that's so cool because that's how I feel when I go into an event like that or I go into an intensive weekend or a retreat or a live event. I always say, you know, I tell my girls, I'm like, I actually feel like I leave my body the whole time. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm going to leave my body. So, you know, other people have to be assigned to do everything. But it's so cool because I'm literally a vessel of service. Like, that's why I am there, to be a vessel of service. But at the end, I sleep for two days, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I can't miss those two days, <laughs> I get it. All right, Karen, have any thoughts in her um, speech? Oh, I I love the the to serve thing. I resonate with that. You know, I I'm a little cancer mom, and I want to be a mom to everybody. So you know that serving it really does wear you out. And um, you know, I I applaud you for all of the work that you do, and that you're not afraid. Um, you know, so many people are afraid to, you know, put a price tag on their gifts, but that's what we're here to do. So I really applaud you for that. Well, thank you, because I'd like to continue doing this work, as I say to people, until I'm two weeks dead. Um, and to do that, I have to take care of myself. And part of taking care of myself is making sure the bills are paid. 
Um, the house is comfortable. My husband, you know, I'm 62. My husband is 64. We're hitting retirement age. We're not rich. I'm going to be working right to the end. But to do that, it has to be a fair energy for energy exchange. Doesn't mean we don't occasionally do pro bonos. But that's when spirit nudges me about, um, go do this. This person can't afford you but really needs your energy. And I absolutely listen to spirit. But um, if you stand in front of me at a psychic fair and try something like, well, um, why don't you tell me something that you couldn't know about me? And if you're right, then I'll have a reading. I just smile and say, I'm sorry, I don't roll over and fetch either. And then I turn away and they do not get a chance to have a reading with me. It's an insult. Wow, people say that. I don't know where they come up with this stuff. They all say the same things. It must be like the same person. Like, oh, wow, I can't um, believe that, too. That's amazing. They, they do. They come up with some of the most ridiculous things, things like, well, tell you what, um, why don't you read me for a cut rate because then at least you're not sitting around, or um, why don't you read me for free and then if you're good I'll tell everybody that you're really good. Uh, and, you know, you wouldn't say this to your hairdresser. You wouldn't say this to your plumber. You're not going to say it to us either. Absolutely. My favorite one, this is my very, very, very favorite one that I get. What am I thinking right now? And I'm like, do you really want me to tell you? Do you really? I'll not only tell you what you're thinking right now, but I'll tell you what you were thinking yesterday, and I'm going to tell you what you were thinking tomorrow. And then you, and then I'll freak you out so bad you won't come to me, and they usually shut up. You know, it's funny. But I love that. Oh, okay. I get that very often at the border when I go to Canada. Sometimes there will be the, the Canadian uh, customs person says, okay, tell me what I'm thinking right now. Prove you're psychic. And I look at them and granny say, you're overworked, you're underpaid, and you can't understand why the Americans are so pissy-assed when you ask them for their passports. And they break up, and I just get waved on through. <laughs> it works every time. I love that. I love it. And, and you know what's funny? Uh, let me ask you one more thing. This is a psychic psychic thing. Then I'll get back to like what you guys want to know and talk about our amazing books. But what do you do? Do you ever do this? Because this is so funny. I went to get a reflexology treatment the other day because I'm like, oh, it's Saturday. I'm gonna. I never do anything for myself. I'm gonna get a reflexology treatment at this recommended guy. I sit down. He touches my feet. An hour and a half later, I don't even know what I said. I don't know what happened. I didn't even feel my feet because I went into channel. Does that ever happen to you? Do you ever like? Um, you probably don't. Um, I, usually I can avoid it, but sometimes I just do. Or maybe when I'm too relaxed, I just go there anyway. But do you ever do that? Do you ever, like, spontaneously no, um, when you're not trying? I, I made a deal. I made a deal with my guides. I said, there needs to be an open and a closing door. Because a lot, there are a lot of people that do what you do, and there's nothing wrong with it. But it can tempt the less scrupulous in our field to do what I call the drive-by psychic shooting. That's very much like, you know, the Long Island medium who walks up to somebody in the frozen pizza section and goes, I have a message from your Aunt Doris. Your car is terrible, and you're going to die in a week if you don't get the car fixed. (laughs) Who the hell are you? And get out of my face. You know, um, the woman doesn't know this person from Adam's house, Cat. You are doing it in a public place. How do you know they're ready for this information? How do you know they even believe so the deal I've got with my guys is my gift is turned off. 
until someone sits down with me and it is an official reading or, you know, with a friend, of course. But with strangers, no, I give them their privacy. In other words, you have boundaries. You have really clear um, energetic and spiritual boundaries with your guests. I have to. I'm a Pisces. We are not born with boundaries. We have to learn to build them. That's why I like you. (laughs) I'm a Pisces with a Virgo moon and a Virgo rising. I say I'm a flake, but I'm a really organized flake. That's for that really like, yeah, that's for that super late. Yeah, you just have this super grounded thread right straight through you. So that must be where that comes from. That's interesting. Yeah, we won't talk about mine. Okay, so you have written how many books um i have three one is out two are in the pipeline and partially written it's called the self-development project the first book that is out is called clean out your life closet the idea that we all have stuff that we need to get rid of then after you clean it out what are you going to fill it with that will be called the big reboot You've cleaned out your life closet. You've filled it. Now, what are you going to do with your life? Third volume will be called Be Your Own Masterpiece. Wow. You kind of cover everything that people struggle with in in those. Well, you know, look, um, words are my drug of choice. You know, some people, it's music with me, it's words. (laughs) I I, I love writing. I love speaking. I love being funny. You know, if somebody said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I always tell them that I want to be a combination of Swami Beyond Ananda and Wayne Dyer in drag. Funny as hell, but normal enough you could borrow my lawnmower. And a lot of that comes through in the book. Um, The idea and why I wrote it is, you know, all of us have shelves full of self-help books, and they have these sexy titles and these great-looking covers, and we open up a couple uh, and read a couple of pages or chapters where we think, wow, maybe this is really it. And we get it home, and we figure out, oops, this person really doesn't know who I am, and it goes on the shelf. Well, me too. Um, So the way I've written this book, which is four parts, clarity, simplicity, adaptability, and making friends with stress, it's not just my book, it's also the readers without their participation the book is only half written this Mm. is my chance to share my own journey with the readers without saying this is what you have to do um you know i i inspire them take your own journey i haven't lived your life i haven't worked with your challenges i haven't had your experiences so i can share some of the you know, double backs and mistakes and general stupids that I've done, my stories, some with my clients. But in the chapters, at the end of each one, there are the adventure pages, which are open-ended questions so that you can then take what you've read and make it work for your specific life. Then there's the invention page where you get to go to town with your right brain. You draw or collage or paint whatever. You make your own divination card. At the end of those 16 chapters, if you've done those pages, that book is absolutely and exclusively yours, and no one else would read it the same way. It says your ideas, your way of looking at your life is absolutely worth it. I'm just there as a mentor, not a guru. Mm. Such a different energy, guru, Mm. mentor. Interesting. I like that. I need... Yeah, sign me up. Let's sign me up. <laughs> hey, 
I'm in. I'm, I'm loving um, this. So let's dig oh. into. It's so funny because this is so appropriate. I was, you know, eating lunch with my aunt and uh, my aunts for their one of my aunt's birthdays, and um, my aunt has a huge house. It's her dream house, and she built a, I think it's like five thousand five hundred square foot house. Can't even imagine. And Oof. it's her and my uncle, and you know this house. It's her dream house, and uh, on sixteen acres, you know, overlooking a valley. You know, that's the drill. Okay, now wait. And they started talking about, it's so funny how she was talking about when he passes, you know, I guess she doesn't ever think she's going to pass, you know, we don't. But she was talking about when he passes, she's like, I don't know how I'm going to clean up this house. You know, his office is packed. You know, the, the workroom shop is packed. The garage is packed. The closets are packed. And I'm thinking, interesting. They have this huge house, two people, and it's packed. And it's so funny because my cousin's like, yeah, we're building a barn. And I'm like, why are you building a barn? And she's like, to put our stuff. But from what she was saying with the old motorcycles that don't work and the old lawnmowers that don't run and the old cars, I'm like, I wanted to say, but I did it because you have to know my relatives. It's just, you, know, you won't get anywhere. You'll get attacked. You'll get ganged up on an attack. But I, I wanted to say, hire a solution. Why don't you save yourself a lot of money and just get rid of your stuff? What are your thoughts about that? Well, there are four kinds of people in the world, and it sounds like, Yours may be the first. There are toys people, Rolodex people, been there, done that people, and connection people. Now, toys people are the people who subscribe to the idea that the person who dies with the most toys wins. And they collect books or cars or Disney objects or depression glass. They have to have the latest thing. They worry, does somebody else own more? Is it better than mine? Um, And it's a short walk from amassing to hoarding. Material goods can become so overwhelming in a person's life that they crowd out everything else. And so the things own the people, not the other way around. That's where I think these people are. So in order to simplify, you know, there's the uh, tiny house movement, which a lot of people are into right now. Are you familiar with that? Oh, totally and absolutely. My um, daughter and son-in-law have debated building a tiny house and putting it on of course, my land, but they want to build a tiny house. <laughs> well, the thing is, when you have a house 400 square feet, then you get down to the necessities. You turn away from the insistent, got to have, got to do, got to look like money stuff that most modern life keeps whispering in our ears. And when you make a decision to downsize drastically, you often find yourself having more of what you actually want, more time more ease, and more concentration on what you love in your life. Because tiny house living doesn't mean deprivation. It means seriously thinking about what matters most to you and ditching everything but those few priorities. So it takes time to learn to do that. When people think they can't, I tell them to do the stuff experiment. And that's Mm. where... They pick 20 objects in their house that mean something to them or they think they can't live without. And they can be anything. They can be pictures or tools or gadgets, whatever. You put them all on a table. You take a good look at them for 30 seconds. You walk out of the room and try to list everything that you put on the table. You can't do it. You just get lost. (laughs) Now, if you go back and you choose only five and do the same thing, you can not only list them all, but you probably remember where you bought them and why you love them. They're real to you as opposed to just stuff, okay? And that's 
called simplifying. Instead of trying to hold on to more things than we could possibly manage, we can concentrate on what we love, what we use, and what benefits us. And there are certain things that I suggest for people to do to start learning how to simplify and declutter. So, which I can go through. So what brought you? Now, usually I find that I teach what I need to learn or I teach what I have learned or I teach what I'm going to learn, one of the three. But is this something that you successfully dealt with or are dealing with in your life? I have lived a very, very peripatetic life, um, bouncing all over the place until I finally married Carl. So I have never held on to, I grew up in, you know, my dad was a wealthy doctor. There were times in my life when I was living, you know, in what's called Rape Central, 42nd and Osage in Philadelphia, in an apartment that had hot and cold running roaches. Now, you know, I'm much better. We're never going to be rich, but we'll never be upside down on the house. We'll always have, you know, a roof over our head, food on the table, and Maine Coon Cats. We're good. There is a balance there. So when it was time to clean out my parents' house, as you're talking about, um, it was very interesting. The, the things that I truly wanted were the simpler things. I mean, my stepmother, whom I adored, had gorgeous artwork and a 13th century um, uh, woodcut from, from an English church on the wall. You know, that I all left to my stepmother. That wasn't my thing. I wanted the dishes she cooked with. I wanted um, the quilt that had been both my mother's and hers. My mother died and dad remarried. Um, so it wasn't like I had to have everything. I didn't have to have the, the rich stuff. I needed what mattered. And so there wasn't really any fighting about what was in the house because nobody wanted all of it just to have all of it. So the first thing you really need to ask is if you had a year to live, what would be important to you? Some people say, you know, if you had five minutes to get out of the house because of uh, a fire, what would you take with you? When time is limited, then you get down to what really matters for you. Okay. Well, and here's the, here's the deception of what you just said. Time is always limited. Meaning we don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't know when we're going to pass, when our loved ones are going to pass. But we think, you know, we think we have all this time to waste, money to waste, um, experience to waste, you know, and, and then we're at the end of our life, you know, mm-hmm. working our butts off for things that don't really matter. Do you believe that there is a concentrated effort to encourage consumerism, particularly in industrialized nations? Um, as they say downstate, hell to the yes. Um, of course there is. Because the more we consume, the more the corporate oligarchs make money. They don't make money on simple. They don't make money off the grid. Um, you know, it's think about my mother had um, a wearing blender. You know, the old big, heavy glass thing. Oh, yeah. And it was passed down. It was 45 years old. Blenders now, they're plastic. They break in three years. Um, we drink coffee. Yeah, I admit it. We use a Keurig. We've gone through <laughs> four. An old-fashioned corner where a percolated coffee pot would last 30 years. Yeah, oh. those things are junk. I mean, they're, they're expensive junk, but they're junk. 
Um, yeah, my mom has a, oh, no, I have my mom's old um, mixer, and it's, like, 40 years old. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't even think they probably make that same brand anymore as good as they did, you know, when she bought it. So, absolutely. Um, my dad and I, I've got to tell you, it was just, you know, and it was kind of by fluke. I wasn't trying to learn a lesson or make any spiritual observation, but we went to, uh, we had a bunch of dunk or boxes or something, and we went to the landfill. Um, I live outside of Winston-Salem, which isn't even that big of a town. And we went to landfill, and I'm like, you're making nuts. Like, I'm so dumb. I've never been to landfill. So I'm like, oh, you have to, like, put your car up, like, against the landfill or your truck and, like, dump it in yourself, and they watch you. And, okay. So we backed up, and we dumped our stuff in, and I peeked over the, you know, edge. Oh, my gosh, Reverend Corby and Karen, like, computers and TVs and, like, nice couches and porch furniture and dressers and, you know what I mean, like, shocking. Like, those are people's lives and hours and things they, you know, time they worked overtime away from their family, like, laying in that landfill. It was, like, jarring for me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, everything ends up here. Like, basically, right? Everything ends up there one time or another. And it's one of the reasons why the earth is basically being used up. We're like, we are like cockroaches in that mm. if we built one thing that lasted 30 years, instead of having to replace it eight times, we would use fewer resources. It would take up less landfill space. We would not have to drive ourselves to be a two-income household in order to afford the basics i mean and also if you go back when i was growing up you didn't pay for internet you didn't pay for the television you had one phone um things that we took for granted then now everything you have to pay for which just pushes things further you know tangentially that's why if we're all going to have to work kids you better find something you love to do because there's no sense in wasting 40 hours a week in misery. It's not your job. Huh, that's pretty profound. I don't think we're taught that in school necessarily. Mm-mm. I don't think we're taught nope. to evaluate vocation like that. Mm-mm. That's, mm. that's why one of the things that I do is I've got something called find your sentence of passion. Your sentence of passion is not who you are or what you do or even how you do it. It's your vapor trail. So when you go skidding into heaven on bald tires and fumes in the tank and God hands you a beer and says, so, you get to say, <laughs> I did this. Isn't it cool? And mine is cross the bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. When I can take somebody from point A to point B and they thought they couldn't make it or tap them on their shoulder and say, here are your wings. You don't need a flight plan. Now get I'm living my bliss, and I've done it in a lot of ways in my life, and right now I'm able to do it as an intuitive consultant and a writer and a speaker. So I get to get up every morning. I don't have to get up every morning. And that one word switch means the world. Say that again. And I'm not special. I keep telling people you can do what I do. And, again, that's going right back to the book. I show them how to do what I do, fit it into their life, make it work for them. But there's no okay, reason why people can't be happy. I, I've, I've got to ask you this question. So, and I talk about this a lot. So indirectly, I can help people find their passion purpose. However, my 
practice focus is on different things. Of course, we all mm-hmm. go with our own bed and our own colleague. However, yep. do you think, okay, it's, a, it's kind of a devil's advocate trick question, but you can yep. answer. So out of, <laughs> out of eight go ahead, I'm not scared. Planet, all eight billion people come to you. We're protecting. Or maybe not. But all 8 billion people or 6 billion or 10 people, how the heck do they know how many people are on the planet? But anyway, they come to you. They come to Reverend Corby at some point in their life. Can you help anyone discover what you just described in your own words? Anyone. Is there, who can't you help with that? I can't help professional victims. Can't. Mm, good one. Oh, I love that. You know, um, yeah. professional victims are um, the ones well, I actually wrote um, an article on when not to have a reading because, you know, there are times when people come and, no, you're not supposed to have one, um, for instance. And you're going to laugh because you know what this is like. I mean, they're <laughs> the ones who come to you and you've got to tell them what they want. Does Bruce think about me? No. Has he ever thought about me? <laughs> not the way you want. If I do such and such, will he think about me? No. Is he going to call soon? He's not. Well, if he's not going to call soon, will he call later? You want to whack them. Dick, you know, if somebody is so upset on an answer, <laughs> um, okay, or here's one, and this literally happened to me at a show. Somebody came to me and said, can you tell me where my ex-husband is sleeping with his mistress? I said, no, I don't do remote spying. Well, is he with the same one or a different one? I don't do remote spying. I'm sorry. How many prostitutes has he cheated with? That's remote spying. Oh, I'll ask different. Is he sick? Is he going to die soon? Can I get his money? Goodbye. That's hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Um, So, no, I can't help everybody in the world. And it's not that I'm not good enough. A, I would die such exhaustion. But some people don't want to be helped. They simply want what they want. That is and if so, you're not willing to learn and grow, not happening. It's so funny you say that. It makes me laugh because my daughter and I just had a marketing meeting about projection of the business, and she goes, Mom, you know what would really help the business? And I said, what? And she said, if you would just tell people what they wanted to hear instead of telling them the truth. She said, that would really help the business. <laughs> Explain to your darling, is this your daughter that we're talking? This is my daughter. She manages my business. Yeah, Explain she to your darling fast. daughter, sweetheart. That's a good way to have my membership card yanked by the boss upstairs because my yeah, job is to be honest with her. not doing that again. I have absolutely had that card yanked close to doing that. So you are totally right about that. Yeah, but, it's, but you're so funny. But you know what? Yeah, you get the truth when you come to you. Oh, you're so funny. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I have a question from somebody who's listening. Um, yes. She says, talking about tiny houses, um, how do you manage, this is a good question, how do you manage energetic boundaries when sharing a 400-square-foot space with someone? This is from Nancy. <laughs> oh, you genius child, what a great question. Um, it can be tough. It really can. I mean, we live in, you know, it's this 800-square-foot house. It's ain't much bigger. And my husband is a museum director for an eight-building revolutionary war site. He collects stuff. He's got you know, Civil War uniforms and Revolutionary War uniforms and World War I uniforms and all the detritus, and he's a musician. He plays a tuba and a sousaphone. So our house is cheek by jowl, and I work at home. It's a tiny enough house. We basically don't have doors on the, on the rooms. You have to do what the Japanese do. The Japanese live in tiny spaces 
because it's a small island, island with a lot of people. They have shoji screens, they the paper screens. You have to build up the boundaries within yourself. You have to say, this is my space. And you can't be afraid to tell somebody to back off. You have a right. You're not being mean. But as, when I need to work, today's a perfect example. Right now I'm doing a radio show for an hour and a half. My husband is downstairs. Sure. We have a half basement. We call that the man cave. And he's doing his thing down there, giving me the space to work here. So you need to delineate your space. You need to make sure people know when you need your space. Get out if you need to. I mean, I live in the middle of a 12-acre hay field. I really need to be by myself. I go and talk to the sheep next door. But (laughs) you deal with what you've got. You know, sure, I would like a much bigger house, but... God didn't give me the lottery numbers this week. Um, So this is what I have. And instead of wasting time wanting what I don't have, I appreciate what I do. And I make the best with it. So um, in a 400-square-foot apartment, whatever, make sure that everybody is a respecter of boundaries. If it's a roommate situation as opposed to a husband or family situation uh, and they don't respect boundaries, it's called asking them to leave to find someone who will respect. Mm. People are so worried about, oh, I'm supposed to be love and light. No, we're not supposed to be love and light with unicorns farting rainbows on a surfboard. I'm sorry. That's called glurpy purple with angels, and that's not reality. (laughs) Certainly not in America today. You need to respect yourself first, because if you don't respect yourself and your own boundaries, why will anyone else bother to do so? People learn what they're taught. One of my life lessons. Teach them to respect your boundaries. Absolutely. Now, did you say you live in an 800-square-foot house? 852-square-foot house, I think. It's the size of most people's uh, two-bedroom apartments. Oh, my gosh. You're a genius. I don't don't know how you do that. You're a genius. You must be really good. And it's you and your husband. Do you have any pets, or is it just you two? I have three Maine Coon cats, and if you know Maine Coons, they're enormous. They're little dogs and cats. (laughs) Awesome. Oh, Um, wow, three. Wow. Yes. Yes. Um, Okay. But, you know, we have cat trees, and I have shelves in my office, and one is marked Mupervisor's office, and that's, you know, they'll sleep up there. Um, Oh, yes. But, uh, you know, I need the fur and the purr to, you know, to really work well. I need a house with little living things in it. Um, but my wardrobe is relatively simple. I mean, anywhere you go, you're going to see me in Chico's Travelers, pants and a shell top and one really fabulous-looking overthing, whether it's a butterfly coat, whether it's burnt velvet in the winter. Mm. What do I wear normally? It's it, Hayfield. I wear T-shirt, jeans, boots. That's it. Um, I have a small library of books, the ones that mm. I really love and I use all the time. I have a wonderful computer, and that's how I reach out to the world. Um, I don't have a lot of detritus. I'm not someone who wants a lot of stuff. Um, I want enough to keep me comfortable, certainly the right things to do my work, but the rest of it, is it going to matter when I'm dead? No, then go on. You don't need it. 
you know, you see something you love. Give yourself 24 hours. You still love it? Then go back and think about it. Otherwise, it's just the six-year-old in you going, gimme. And a six-year-old needs to learn, no, darling, not today. Mm, that's right. It's one of the things that I'm working on is um, my Amazon problem. Because mm-hmm. Amazon, you know, Amazon, let's be specific, Amazon Prime problem, which is, of course. I know. I am Amazon Prime, so I totally empathize. So this is me. <laughs> you know what? I've always wanted to catch butterflies. I'm going to order a butterfly net. And do you see the immediate din, 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 butterfly net ordered? You know, it's, it's done, right? And it's free shipping. And then the butterfly net comes, and I'm like, I don't even remember why I ordered a butterfly net. <laughs> like, Amazon, the, I'm really working on kind of like what you said. I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait three days. And if I even remember the, what a butterfly net is, I might consider getting it. You know? Yes, like, and also ask yourself, am I going to have the time to use it? You know, Ooh, um, that, it's, it's one of the questions I ask. What do I surround myself with that has ceased to matter? You know, um, 30, 40 years ago, I was with a Renaissance reenactment group called the Society for Creative Anachronism. And, baby, nobody could rock a Tudor court gown like I could. And I had a dozen of them. (laughs) They're long gone. Number one, um, I work weekends, which is when they do their thing, so I don't have time to do it. Number two... Three cancer surgeries mean that amazing Dolly Parton figure I used to have is now morphed into a brunette fire plug. And three, it's not who I am anymore. So, frankly, when I was living in Atlanta and wanted to move back to New York, I sold all those gowns. That financed my trip up here. Somebody else is loving them and looking gorgeous. I've got some pictures. That's enough. So look around your house and see what doesn't matter anymore. Like, Kind of, you know, take every now and then kind of think about, you know, is this still something I'm active in? Like, for example, your husband, I'm sure he's probably never going to give that up. But if he did, um, it might be something to hang on to, you know, well, or people that collect things like, you know, some people love to go out and shoot, even for sport. And they have like, this always cracks me up. If you, you're a psychic, maybe you'll be answering this question. What yes. can you do with 400 guns? 400 guns. Like, what are you going to do? Are you, do you have your own militia, like, in your garage? Like, 400 guns? Have you ever noticed men are so obsessive about things like that? Well, Carl has a few, but he has an Enfield when he does a World War I impression. He's got the correct gun, uh, you know, a brown vest for when he does Revolutionary War. You know, so he has three, but they're for purpose. When you have that right. many, you need to say, what is the point? You're not going to ever shoot them all. And do you actually, you know, I would say, do you want that much violent energy in your life? One or two mm, guns, that's yeah, okay, you want to hunt, I respect that. But that's violent energy with all those guns. Great point. Great point. You know, and it's like, what have you gone unconscious about? This is mm. one every single woman's going to know. How many things in your kitchen have you overbought because you forgot you had them? <laughs> Look at your bank account. How many online impulse buys have you made? Online games, cool doodads, gadgets, website subscriptions that you can't recall. These are our virtual dragon hordes. And when you look at yours, you'll see just how many true treasures you've got and how much is just the equivalent of costume jewelry, not gold. But now, how we're do you taught stop that? What, to skim life. What is the life? step that we can take to stop that, Reverend Carby? What can you do to stop that? 
You keep asking yourself yeah, these questions. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, there, there are ten. Uh, well, actually, I'll, let me see. Do I have five in the book? Yeah. We'll see how many I can get through. Number one, how you simplify your conscious. When you do things automatically or without thinking, that's the cause of more clutter than you can imagine. When you're looking at something, ask yourself, can you live without it? Look at every relationship and say, does this relationship support me, drain me, give me balance? Look at your habitual thoughts. Are they true for me anymore? Are they useful? Are they healing? That's one. Number two, detach your identity from your belongings. We are not our jobs, our family titles, our sports teams, our new car, our bells and whistle computer, or our name brand clothes. When you don't say this is who I am with a thing, you need fewer things. Now, simple one for women, eat slowly without distractions. You know, we need to know what enough is, and we start with food. How many times do we just graze and we don't think about it, and all of a sudden we feel kind of bilious? Evaluate your commitments and your time takers. There are so many tasks we've done for years, promises we made a long time ago when both parties have forgotten why, routines that are so ingrained. When we start to pull those things away, we, are, we have more mental space to be more conscious. Go for quality, not quantity. Now, Carl's very frugal by nature because he grew up, you know, his parents were teachers. They weren't rich. If we've got a large purchase to make, we spend time weighing our options, looking at ratings, and finding out where we can get the best deal. Then we get the best we can afford, and it lasts for a long time. When you buy two $3 whisks instead of the one $5 whisk because they were cheaper, but they both uh. wear out, one takes less space than two and lasts longer. So that's five. Um, this is a big one right now. Limit your media consumption. Every other commercial especially is about the diabetes you're sure to develop or the heart attack waiting for us around the corner. Even normal body glitches are now touted as diseases if it will sell another drug. When you limit your media consumption, you're not there with all the advertising. Redefine your concept of enough. That's one of the most important things. The best example of not understanding enough comes from my Jewish grandmother's idea on food. Eat one more bite than you want, then you've had enough. No. How many pairs of shoes is enough? How many boxes of pasta? How much vacation? How much self-time? What is enough? We've forgotten what enough is. Then there's reduce, reuse, recycle, simplify your wardrobe, and stop normal worrying about norms or what's expected of you. Right there. Now, all of this is in the book, but what it takes to simplify is simple thinking, being aware of where you are. To be perfectly honest, most of the questions that people ask us as psychics, if they would sit down and get in touch with their innards, they already know. I mean, we, you and I both know about verification readings. When someone says, gee, that's everything I've been thinking, I said, yeah, this is called a verification reading. Your uh, upstairs, your higher self is looking at you and going, dummy, you already know what to do. What you spend the money for? And they laugh. But it's because a perfect stranger already sees it. They can see it themselves if they get quiet and look. Everything can get simpler. Sorry, end of soapbox for a minute. 
I want to point out something you said that's really important. That's one of my things that really uh, troubles me when I do a reading. And um, well, I don't do these kind of readings, but um, they want you to. They're like, well, tell me some things about myself. And I'm like, do you really want me to sit here and tell you everything I know about you that you know about you? Or do you want to take a journey together and learn something new? Like, why did you really? Because we can sit here all day and talk about things you already know, or we can actually make some progress and take a journey together, you know, in our time. So I always say, you know, what do you want to know that, that you need clarification on or, or like you said, affirmation on. But um, I think it's so interesting to psychics that you know what I'm talking about. It's like your great grandmother had blue eyes. Oh, yeah, she did. That's so cool. And you're married yep. to a guy named Bill. Like, you know, amazing. You're amazing. No, 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 no. I'm just watching the movie or looking at the timeline or reading it in your field or, you know, however we all get our information different ways or pulling the Akashic records, whatever. But no, how is that helpful? Like, what did you get out of that? You know, give your um, money to a homeless shelter. <laughs> Don't give it yeah. to me. You know these things. You know, let's, and I love that about you, Reverend Carby. I think it's more with you of a journey and a spiritual growth and, um, learning something you don't know or expanding something you do know. And that's what I love about you. And so tell us a little bit about you offer different types of readings from what I could pick up. Could you tell us about the different mm-hmm. types of readings and kind of differentiate that for us? And, oh, sure. Um, and we'll sure. hear how to get in touch well, with you. Let's, let's start with the general reading. When I um, am at a psychic fair and somebody sits down with me, um, I don't just spew whatever I hear because, you know, in 15 minutes or half an hour, no matter how fast I go, if I haven't reached what they really wanted to know, they go and go, oh, she was terrible. So you sit down with me. I look at you. I say, great. What's the most important thing you want to walk out of here knowing? And if you look at me blankly, I go really Brooklyn on you and go, darling, what's biting your butt? Because everybody has one of those. (laughs) And it's usually one of four things. The everyday tour bus, house car, job kids, okay, God, you put me here. What the hell is going on? A past life, you know, who was I in 1642 Belgium? Right. Why am I afraid of cream pies? Or I need to speak to my spirit guide, Binky, or how's dead Aunt Mabel? I mean, that's what it is. Um, so that's, you know, that's the kind of thing that I call a general reading. The other things I do is I do a consultations, the create your sentence of passion, which is when you really want to figure out what you're here to do. No psychic should say you're here to do X because – you know, that's just being given another should. It's not what you want. It's not who you are. And the only person who's going to know that is you. So that's like a 90-minute concept where you and I really, you know, work and go drill down to what has meaning for you, how you work in your life. Um, you've got um, brainstorm your business, which because of my nice. experience as an executive recruiter, we talk about branding and we check the numerology base of names and URLs that you want and what kind of phone number and things like that. Um, cool. I, I also do, you know, the, the jewel in the crown, as I call it, is um, the soul plan reading. Now, what I need to make sure people understand is there's a big difference between past life retrieval which is what I do, and past life regression, okay? Past life regression is when you are hypnotized, you go into deep trance, and you go find, you know, your stuff in the Akashic Library. Past life retrieval is when you look at me and say, why is it I'm terrified of having wet hair in my face, and I go into trance, go upstairs, pull the book down, and say, read chapter two. That's the kind of stuff that I did in Rob's book, 
When I do a soul plan reading, we work on a major challenge because that's the thing people need to realize. Every one of the chapters in Rob's book took 20 to 40 hours of psychic work, and then Rob worked on the chapter. It's not like you sit down with me for an hour, you're going to get that. So you have homework to do. And then I get the information the day we have the reading. I am three to five hours in deep trance meditation, bringing you down anywhere between two and once ten past lives that explain the situation that you keep stumbling over, this life challenge, and then we see how to move past that. Um, but, like, you know, you're, you're taking eight, ten hours, you're taking the entire day. That is an expensive reading, I'll admit it. But I tell people that's a luxury. It's not a necessity. You know, looking at how to brainstorm your business, figuring out your life, how to work with a relationship, that, you know, that's more necessary, which is why they're much less expensive. Um, but the thing that I always do is you will get an MP3 recording of your session with me that you can download on your computer because you will never remember everything and if you're taking notes you're not listening and this is how fast I talk (laughs) so yes you need the recording to go back to but the most important thing is this is not for me to show off I could care less this is for people to get tools and run with it for instance uh, I'm a certified professional tarot reader like I say I've been reading since 73. If somebody comes to me and says, I'm starting um, a new consignment clothing business, I would not flip a few few cards and say, well, wait until November and fire the second redhead. What the hell is that? (laughs) There would be a card for them, a card for the energy around the business, a card for the brick-and-mortar location, how to market it, clients, competition, staff, finances, what they need to know, and best possible outcome. Yeah, I use a little bit of my left brain because I was an executive recruiter. I counseled people in careers for years. But the cards give me what I need so that you then have a rocket pack on your back and you can make it what you want it to be. I can't stand yes or no questions because then it doesn't give me any place to go. I always say to people, ask what empowers you. Not, is my business going to be successful, but how do I make it rock and roll? Mm. I always say that too. I say, ask me. I said, I'm a very specific psychic. I say, ask me a specific question, which is my way of saying I'm not answering yes or no question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, totally get that. Wow. So, what do you see? Do people get back to you? Let's, you know, you do one of these deeper readings about, you know, their purpose. And um, let's say they go and, and they do the homework. Do they respond back to you? Tell, share some testimonies or stories, if you have any, which I'm sure you have many, of how people's lives have transformed after they've worked with you. It's funny. To do that, believe it or not, I'm going to have to take a very quick look on my website because I don't keep them especially in mind because if I do, that's ego. But, yeah, people do write testimonials. I will, I will completely admit that. Um, so... When I do mediumship, for instance, um, there can be closure and good closure. Um, one of my favorites um, is there was a woman who came to me in New York, PA, and her husband had just died. I don't just fish. I get what I call their dog tags. You know, An example would be um, my father, Jerome Dorkin, who died in 2001 at the age of 80. Notice that tells me nothing but gets me right into the energy. She gave me the... Uh, her husband's dog tags, and all of a sudden I feel my head tilt and the arms go out and the big Texas accent says, hey, baby, 
Now, that's how he walked in every night of their 38-year marriage. I don't know where I get these. I don't. But they're there. So people who have fears, the the, um, wet hair thing is really true. Um, When Mm. I was in Lilydale with Rob and we were doing lightning readings, a woman said, why do I have a terror of wet hair in my face? And her hair was a butch cut. And I went, okay, five-syllable answer, Lusitania, 1915, you were on the ship, it was torpedoed, you still had not cut your hair, you still had the big Edwardian mass, so when you went over, not only was there a lot more hair to take on water, but you got debris caught in your hair, it pulled you down and you drowned. And she looks at me and she says, is that why I'm also scared of cruise ships? I said, bingo. I don't know where I get these. Um, The way some people do mediumship galleries, I do past life galleries like that. Um, All right. So you want – here, a testimonial. (laughs) I'm going to say, remember that people said this about me. This is not me saying I'm so wonderful. Okay, we deal. Um, Okay. I had no idea what to expect from a soul-planned reading. I had devoured Robert Schwartz's books and was amazed that I could have a reading with one of his channels – What I found was incredible on several levels. Corby is warm but professional. She does not spend time on her own stories but goes directly to work for the clients. The five past lives she brought forward for me spanning centuries and continents were vastly different one from another, and yet each one addressed my current life challenges, feelings of fear and failure, and an inability to connect with family. The details on people, places, and occurrences made me feel as if I was watching a movie. I have had past life readings from other psychics but never with this depth. When it came time to speak with my soul, or as Corby says, my higher self, it was very clear that this was someone speaking through Corby rather than Corby herself. The voice changed, the expressions changed, the word usage changed, and I cannot begin to express the love, the lack of judgment, and the understanding that I received from this celestial being. The end of the session found me in tears, and that was Elizabeth from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Am I always that good? Jesus, I wish I was. When I'm really (laughs) on, I can do that. But some things don't need to change lives that much. People just need a little clarity. So, like I say, if I kept going, mwah, 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 I'm so wonderful, I believe that, I would lose my gift. We are just the tube it comes from. That's the, what John Holland taught us, and that's exactly right. Just like I, when I do healing work, I'm not the one who heals. I'm just the one that the energy comes through. Mm-hmm. That's Raphael, that's the big guy upstairs. Because um, I, I never had training. I don't know what I do. I put my hands on somebody, and I get a vision, and I work with a vision, and then I can, you know, uh, there was a girl who had bronchitis, six weeks. Nothing was touching it. She asked me to work uh-huh. on her, and I literally immediately saw the way late winter, very early spring, you see a lake begin to have cracks in the ice and rivulets uh-huh. running. And I kept holding that and helping clear, you know, within 48 hours she was off the bronchi- uh, the, uh, the antibiotics. I can't claim I did that because I don't know what I did. I was just the instrument. The way to think of it is this way. The hammer does not strut around on the back sun deck saying, look what I did. This is so wonderful. Look how straight the, the <laughs> hammer got held by the carpenter and it got its head whacked on the wood. But it wasn't the hammer. We're the hammer. We're the tool. We're not the repairman. We're not the fixer. I like that. I like that you've been able to hold that um, 
space because a lot of the good ones, the few good ones, the top tier often does not hold that energy, you know, and gets tripped up. So I love that you're able to to retain that in your practice. Um, Karen, do you have any questions? Yeah, I'm sure do. Um, Give me a question. <laughs> well, I know that you mentioned your your clean out your life um, closet, and then you also mentioned um, very briefly the big reboot, and then uh, be your own masterpiece. Yep. And be your own masterpiece, especially like really resonated with me. So, when are those books going to come out? Well, my darlings, if everybody keeps thinking. Corby finds a literary agent <laughs> because um, my book is my book is self-published, which you know I was very proud to do, and it looks terrific, but um, it's expensive, and I just had a successful Kickstarter. We will have an audiobook version that I get to read um, in October, but that's where I am for now. Um, so. When we get the agent, then we can get the next one published. But I can tell you what's going to be in Be Your Own Masterpiece. Um, after the reader has cleaned out and rebooted, it, they decide what they want is their legacy to the world. And again, this is going to have 16 chapters. Wow. The first part is called Seasonal Sensibilities, recognizing the shift of the seasons, harvest as lessons, harvest as nourishment, recognizing endings, and what to store and what to compost from the year past. Next one is problems, friends, or foe. How to determine if a problem is a friend or a foe. Friends disguised as foes, foes disguised as friends. Why no problems may be a problem. Third part is forgiveness, release, and moving forward. Forgive, move forward, say goodbye. How to forgive those who are gone. Radical self-forgiveness and thanking those you need to forgive. And the last one is going to be called living your epitaph, owning your obituary. What do you want to tell God you did? Beneficial bucket lists for the world, the stories you want at your funeral, and meeting your soul at the celestial bar. So you got to do the other two books first. Oh wow! Oh, absolutely! It just all ties in together, and and um, you know you're weaving such a beautiful story. I'm you know really thrilled to see um, your work and and all that you do and how you touch people so beautifully. Um, I'm really resonating with all of that, all that you do and, and hope that, you know, these books can come out very quickly because I'm, I'm on it right now. <laughs> I'm doing my darndest. Um, but the, the thing is, I got this because of one thing, and that's called the examined life. You know, I've been through three bouts of breast cancer, two divorces, the death of all three of my parents, and at no point did I say, oh, poor me. You look, you say, okay, this is happening. I cannot change it. I can't move out of the way. How can I make it work? And, you know, the the fast, quick story I always tell is I literally had a Dolly Parton figure for years. Third bout of breast cancer was actually a second primary. And the doctor said, well, sorry, third strike, you're out. We're taking both breasts. We're taking the ovaries. We're going to take you from this to a brunette fire plug with constant side effects. Suck it up. You're beating cancer. We'll see you in three weeks. <laughs> Boom. Now, for 24 hours, I went home and cried. I'm normal. But then I said, I know what I have to do. I had to find three things to be okay about with this. First one, uh. you don't have them, you can't get cancer there. Number two, the upper half is not going to get slammed in the refrigerator door at the doctor's every year, and every single woman knows exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Third, implants, cool. I'll be perky till I'm 93. 
to the point where when I went in to the surgery and I was hepped up on Versed and fentanyl, which is a great cocktail to put you out in left field and space cadet, I looked at my two surgeons and I looked at the, the, the oncology guy and I said, you got three hours for the demolition work. And I looked at my fabulous plastic surgeon and told her, and you have three hours for the front end alignment. I want to be out of here in six. Boom, I was gone. I was out of Mass General in three days and chopped for a bathing suit in five. And here we are, 13 years later, clean. Life has changed, but I'm still here, and I don't see that as, oh, poor me, isn't it sorry? If I hadn't gone through that, I would not have had the better appreciation for what I am without the window dressing, and I wouldn't be able to teach with it. That's the example of the examined life. And I don't, having done cancer does not, it's not the first thing I talk about. It's why I don't do cancer walks and I don't do pink ribbons. Okay? It's just something that happened. I tell people I was a cancer dancer. I did not fight cancer, so it didn't fight back. And I am certainly more than a survivor. I don't just hang on by teeth and toenails. Cancer dancers find out how graceful they can be under pressure, avoid getting their toes stepped on, and get off the dance floor in one piece. And that was my life then. And 13 years later, I've moved on. It's part of my history, but it's not part of now. And you're so present. I love your presence of being. And usually people that have your presence have also had a level of purification through the fire. And so thank you for walking that with grace and being a beautiful example of that for everyone. So thank you for doing that. Well, you're welcome. I just did what I was told. Nothing fancy. And that's the easiest way, you guys. You know, actually, you can forget everything we said. Take that one statement and believe me, right? Are you going to your life will be a lot easier <laughs> if you do that. Absolutely. Well, tell our wonderful audience, which is all over the world, how they can connect with you, all the different ways. Okay. Simplest thing is, of course, to go to the website, CorbyMitlide.com. Uh, you have me listed as Reverend Corby, so let me spell this. Corby is C-O-R-B-I-E. The last name is M as in Mary, I, T as in Tom, L-E-I-D as David. Um, and for everybody listening in Germany, yes, this is a chosen last name. It means compassion. I chose it to remind myself why I do the work. So CorbyMitleid.com. You can find me on Facebook, Corby Mitleid, or Fire Through Spirit. Um, I uh, I don't do nearly as much traveling as I used to. I'm home writing, but uh, I travel on the east coast of the U.S. and three times a year I'm up in Kitchener, Ontario, um, doing shows at Bingham's. In fact, I'm doing a, the four day and Labor Day weekend. Um, you can sometimes even find me on Best Psychics Directory if you have a quick five minute question. No, you don't have to book a half an hour with me. See when I'm on. You know, pick it up that way. Um, the book can be ordered on Amazon. It's on Kindle as well, and the audio book will be out in October, which you'll be able to get on Audible. Um, what? Oh, Pinterest. Yeah, I'm on Pinterest. I put stuff there, but not a big deal. What else do people need to know? I think Seriously, I'm asking you, Kim. What, what else do they need to know? You're a beautiful being, and that um, if they resonate with your uh, energy, which I'm sure they will in your message, they need to get a hold of you as soon as possible. That's what I think they need to know. But thank you so much. I love your book. And, and you guys, I've, I've just had a chance to read, you know, a little bit of one of her books. But 
just no nonsense, just like you heard here, really needy, really useful, really thoughtful, really practical. Um, a book you'll probably want to pass around and encourage your friends to read and that you'll really be able to dig into again and again. So thank you so much for being our guest. I know you're a busy lady. Thank your husband for letting us borrow you and your cats. And uh, we hope to have you on again sometime. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. I had a blast, and I'd love to come back. Thanks for asking. All right. Have an amazing week. Thanks, darling. All right, Ms. Karen, what, what say thou? Oh, my gosh. She's like one of my most favorite people that you have interviewed, Dr. Kimberly. Um, the real deal, down to earth, um, humble pie, and um, I think that she can help a lot more people than what she's, you know, really, I think probably anyone that would go to her, she could help them. Yeah, that's kind of why I asked her. I was playing that devil's advocate question because um, <laughs> definitely one of those people that has something for everyone, something genuinely um, powerful. What I like is she reminds me a little bit of me. I'm from Chicago, so I get I get her, and uh, I love the power. I just love the no nonsense power, but I love the authenticity. And you know, like she said, she's like, it's not me. It's not me. It's not me. I hope you guys are listening. And and I want to share with you all, you know, sometimes we're all so fixated on our purpose. And sometimes, again, like she said, when you do what you're told, when you listen, and when you give yourself over to your passion, to your gift, to your abilities, life becomes very easy. I hope you also heard her. I know you did, Karen, how she said, you know, I don't have to get up in the morning. I get to get up in the morning. Another thing I really resonate with because, and I, and I say this a lot in my classes and my groups, but you know, Karen, I think you feel the same way, but, you know, when my fit, feet hit the floor, you know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, my life is so amazing. I'm so excited. You know, what What does today hold? And even today, you know, I looked out the window and I'm like, how did I get so lucky? I think every person on earth should wake up every day. And I'm not talking about the houses or the cars or the, you know what I mean, the material things. I'm talking about that richness of pleasure of being who you are and doing what you love. I think, you know, there's no work for that. Oh, I agree, agree 100%. Karen? Yeah, that, that's I why think. I said this morning, you know, you know, good good morning because every day it's it's I I want to have more time during the day to do something else or to experience um or be with, you know, someone and because it's so precious and beautiful every moment is there's beauty and and love and um you know so many rich things in in just a moment in time if if we just are here in the present absolutely i love that and and i love that she teaches i mean obviously she teaches the power of presence you know and then i love the examined life um I think that's one thing that we tend to be led to as we age. We don't usually examine our life too much, which we should, you know, when we're young. And we don't usually examine our choices. And it doesn't have to be heavy. It sounds heavy. It sounds like work. But I think it can be very playful and very interesting. Um, And you like to learn, Karen, and so do I, and very fun, especially for those that like to research and learn. Um, You know, instead of always turning your research and your learning external. Take some time, and it may seem indulgent, 
but turn that on you. Turn that on your spending habits. Turn that on your time spending habits and your energy spending habits and your health habits. Uh, you might be surprised at what you discover. Yep, it's all about the balance, being in the present and balancing everything in your life and giving the time to what really matters um, each and every day to, you know, why you're here and, and what you want to accomplish. So that's what I try to strive for every day, every moment. Yep, and it's challenging, but we believe in you guys and we know that you can do it. So. We have so many amazing guests. I cannot even remember them. And I always want to look, but um, you guys are just going to have to tune in. We usually have this on Wednesday nights, sometimes Friday nights, sometimes Monday nights, sometimes Thursday nights, but we usually try to let you know about it on Facebook and on Twitter. And I will try to get it out uh, a little sooner than I did today. I was waiting for some confirmation and I was out of town. But we so appreciate our wonderful guests. If you have any guest suggestions, feel free to Look us up on the website, secrettoeverything.com, and we have a form on there that you can fill out um, or support at KimberlyMcChurch.com. If you want to get a hold of us, you can just Google me and find me everywhere on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. And um, Karen's a well-kept secret, or do you want to tell them how to get in touch with you, Karen? <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll be a, a well-kept secret for the moment. Thank you. <laughs> oh, so Everyone's going to be like, who's that Karen girl who's always on the show? Yeah, so well, until she's ready to officially launch. And then um, we'll tell you how to get a hold of Karen. Right, Karen? That's correct. Thank you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, some of you guys know Karen anyway. You know how to get a hold of her, so it's all good. Um, anything you want to say about the energy, the eclipse, anything you want to say before we sign off for today? Oh, yeah, just um... – Everyone, when you're feeling the bumpy part of the ride, just know that that part is going to end and it's going to end sooner than what you think and just tough it out and it's going to be smoother. Um, Go with the flow. Just try as best as you can to go with the flow. Um, I've actually had an amazing um, ride so far. I've really been riding high on this energy and haven't been experiencing the things that so many people have. So, and I don't know, I can't tell you what I've done other than I have a positive attitude no matter what happens. Well, now we're not talking to you anymore, Karen. Thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I think some of it is from my study, Karen, and you would probably know better. I think it somewhat depends on where your planets are and the planetary energy and kind of the soup that it mixes, I think it can kind of slant different ways. Like mine's been kind of a mixed experience. I know a lot of people that are having like all negative, and then you said yours has been mostly positive. So don't you think it depends on, you know, our personalities and our influences and probably a lot, our own discipline, like you said, our own attitudes, kind of a whole soup pot mixed together? Yes, it it depends a lot on um, how many planets that you have, you know, near the the same um, where the the eclipse is going to occur. So there are a lot of, you know, different things. And and mine, I don't, I really honestly don't have a lot um, that's, you know, conflicting or, you know, going against, um, you know, the the flow. So I think that's why actually my ride is a lot easier than, than most. But yeah, most people have been like, going crazy and crazy things happen and and it's just a big turmoil right now and you just want to stay inside and hide maybe 
<laughs> but don't. Like Karen said, this too will pass. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We hope you learned something. Please pick up um, those books or book a session if you feel led. You know, please feel free to get in touch with um, me. We're running an amazing class right now. We're we're going a little more. We usually do woo woo, but we're doing a little more super practical. As a matter of fact, Karen, I just have to drop this in really quick. I saw that the Health Ranger put out an article which is really consistent with what I'm saying. And he said there's actually, which surprises me, a shortage of doctors because people are so sick. Like they're so toxic and they're so sick and they have so many symptoms and there are not enough doctors. Did you read that? I did not read that. But in my little town, um, yeah, people are constantly asking you know, who's a good doctor, um, you know, who can I go to, you know, I need to find someone. So, yeah, and I think that there is a lot of truth to that, that people are a lot, you know, they're sicker, there's a lot more toxicity, you know, in our environment, and people still don't know how to properly detox. So that's a big, that's a big issue. And one of the things Brianna and my daughter and I were talking about today is you have to be, and we talk about this a lot too, but you have to be diligent because there is so much toxicity. So it's not even just, unfortunately, like detoxing once. It's remaining vigilant, pure, continuing to purify your environment, continuing to uh, purify your body. One of the things that I even stumble on, I run like two or three diffusers with all kinds of a mixture of vodka and essential oils to like get all the virus and bacteria, mold and you know fungus and junk out of the air. And even sometimes I forget, and I'm like, oh, gosh. I mean, it's tiring. It does take a little bit of discipline, doesn't it, to do a foot bath, Karen, or to do an Epsom salt bath or to, um, you know, burn incense or to run a diffuser or to pray or to do your intentions or to do feng shui or all the things that we can do or to take vitamins, you know, or to go see the acupuncturist. Um, it takes discipline and time and sometimes a little money, but it's so important to be consistent with what your individual home and body and energy field needs, especially the bombardment, Karen, to me, of toxicity from every angle is a little exhausting. And I, it's not to put people into fear, but I just want you guys to know that you can't just do nothing and expect to stay well. I'm not sure you ever could, even like a couple hundred years ago. I'm not sure you ever could do nothing and expect to say, well, but I think it is a little more challenging today. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. And, and the way that I've approached it is that um, I try different things and I try to rotate what I'm doing. Um, I, you know, I establish a routine, but then um, so that I don't get bored with it or, um, you know, I'll try something different. I'll add something or subtract something, um, you know, as like, you know, a supplement that I'm taking. Okay, well, you know, I've gone that route. Now I'm going to, you know, do a foot bath, a different type of foot bath. Or recently I've been um, adding cinnamon and a little bit of cayenne pepper to my lemon um, and apple cider vinegar um, drink first thing in the morning. And I have found that to give me tons and tons of energy. Um, and I'm actually like adding, like doing that three times a day now and love it. All right. I forgot to tell you guys something about Karen. She's a little crazy. Okay. So thank you, Karen. <laughs> I'm just kidding, you guys. So that's actually a, a additional recipe to a very famous um, detox energizing energy. And, 
my mom's um, artificial hip popped out a couple months ago. And I've got to tell you guys, I had, I had just had her on apple cider vinegar alone. That's all I could get her to take, which is still good. And uh, if you guys can just do one thing, it's better than nothing. And so she's been taking apple cider vinegar a couple of times a day. And they put her on some loopy medication. So she's laying in the emergency room. This is hilarious. And all she's saying is your dad has to bring the apple cider vinegar to the hospital, even if he has to sneak it in. And I'm like, are you serious? And she said it over and over and over. It was so cute. But, I mean, that's a good thing, I guess. You know, she actually listened to something I said, and she loves it. Like, she thinks it's helped her so really helped her pain and her arthritis and even like how her system moves she says tremendously she said it's made the most difference which is kind of profound because it's not very expensive you guys I mean get organic with the mother in it it's the best but organic at least and she said it's made the most profound difference of any supplement she's ever taken in her whole life so good job Karen well thank you and you know and it 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 can be anything, um, you know, so try different things in, in detoxing. Um, you know, if if you don't feel like one, you know, thing works, then, then try another thing so that you find what really works, you know, for your body the best. I absolutely agree. Well, Karen and I love you guys. We wish you the best. And thank you so much for listening. Um, share this. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, like I said, look me up. Join me on social media. Um, I'd love for you to join our classes, and we'd love to get to know you. So have a wonderful week. Want to say anything, Karen? I just want to say it's been an enjoyable um, evening with you. I always love spending time with you, and, and thank you for inviting me. You are welcome. Be blessed, guys. Have an amazing week.